Let's Talk HR is a place for HR professionals, business owners, and employees to come together and share experiences, talk about what's working and what's not, how we can improve best practices so that companies can better attract, train, and retain all generations of workers. We all know that there has been a huge shift in what people want. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about how the economy has been impacted and what needs to happen to find a balance. I'm your host, Leon Lovely. So let's get this conversation started. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, follow us, like us, and share us. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. Today, I am excited to have a a conversation with two very amazing men that I've had the opportunity to meet on a couple of occasions, invited them to come on and talk with me today. Ellie Rivera and Ruben Guyona. Ellie was first the first person in Puerto, his Puerto Rican family, born and raised in the United States Midland. He grew up on 32nd and Brown on Milwaukee's west side, and he experienced firsthand extreme gang violence in the onset of the crack cocaine and AIDS epidemic in his neighborhood. These experiences heavily influenced Ellie's life and his subsequent decisions eventually landed him in prison in his late 20s. As an ex-felon, Ellie experienced firsthand the changes associated with seeking employment with a felony conviction. Upon his release in 2000, Ellie utilized various leadership positions to employ mentor and coach formerly incarcerated individuals within the hospitality industry. In 2018, Ellie created ShiftFly, a pre-shift and training app for hospitality industries, and in 2019 co-founded The Way Out a comprehensive, anti-biased employment platform and mobile support app. Ruben was born in El Paso, Texas, and moved to Milwaukee's South Side at the age of 15. In 2017, Ruben completed seven years of his 10-year sentence, and in 2019, he founded Second Chance Wisconsin and began providing guidance through motivational speaking to formerly incarcerated people and others facing barriers. Ruben is a U.S. Navy veteran, former employee of the Department of Defense, Navy, and an ex-felon. Ruben is currently a senior at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee-Helen Bader School of Social Welfare. Ruben's experience working in the reentry with the state of Wisconsin inspired him to co-found The Way Out, where he currently is the COO. Ruben has had the privilege of speaking at several reentry engagements throughout Wisconsin to discuss the merits of second chance employment. These two men have had amazing lives, and I'm very excited to welcome them and talk with them about what they are now doing to give back to society and help others with their second chance. So welcome, Ellie and Ruben. I am so glad that you agreed to talk with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, it is so great to have you both here. So um, I would love to jump right in and talk to you a little bit about how you came to create or come up with the idea for The Way Out. So in the fall of 2019, uh, AmFam and Generator uh, G-Beta was hosting an event at Sherman Pitney's. Uh, And it was pretty much they were asking a question of 
with a group of panel panelists that were there of how can we reduce recidivism. So I I attended that event. Ellie attended as well. Even though we didn't get to meet each other at that event, we both I believe presented our ideas to each group that we were at. We were in different groups. So once I presented my idea to my group of what I wanted to do, I kind of didn't get the idea didn't resonate pretty well with the group. So it was a couple of days later, about a week later or two, that uh, a third party of us, a mutual friend, actually re asked for my information uh, to a generator, and they asked if he could contact me. So I gave him my phone number. Uh, he jumped on the phone call, called me, and kind of told me, hey, you know, this idea, this is what me and uh, Ailey Rivera are thinking of doing. I would, we would like to hear your idea. And I share my ideas of, you know, how I would like to connect employers and justice involved individuals, but not only connect them, but hopefully provide uh, con continuous supported services to make the employer understand that they're not alone. There's a people that is, there's a group of people that's vested in them to be successful. And he's like, you know, he, he's like, you know what? I think we got something here. How about if all three of us just meet up and have coffee? So we ended up meeting up in a couple of days later to sit down and have coffee. And that's where I ended up meeting Nelly Rivera. And, you know, we both share our, our stories. And I think we, that's where, where the way out pretty much started. That's awesome. So let's, let's back up here and, and talk a little bit. Let's dive a little bit into, you know, what the way out is and why you were passionate or why you were where you were at that moment in time to even be able to pitch the ideas that you originally had and to be at that, you know, I guess kind of pivotal moment where you had the opportunity to come together and, and create now what you have today. I was passionate for the fact that uh, I had been released out of prison and uh, came home on March 1st of 2017 of uh, a of 10 years in federal prison. Uh, out of the 10 years, I ended up doing uh, seven years. And coming into home, the, uh, into the halfway house within a week, I was asked that I had to find employment and any kind of employment. It didn't matter what type of employment, but I had to get a job. If I didn't get a job within 30 days, I was liable to go back to prison. So I, I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a case manager already. So I struggled the first half, the, the first week, trying to find a job. You know, And a lot of people don't know that I am a Navy veteran. Mm -hmm. So often it would me being a neighbor, neighbor veteran and that skill that I would be able to provide would get overlooked by the fact that I checked the box that I was formerly incarcerated. So they'd be like, you know what? No, uh, due to your background, we can't give you a job. And I was successful in 45 finding a job. Uh, so, but working as a case manager a year later, I, I got a job with the state of Wisconsin, working with the Wisconsin reentry pipeline program. And I saw the conflict constantly of, that we would help people place them in a job. But then within 60 or 90 days after we were done providing supportive services, they would be back to square one and we would lose, you know, they would be looking for another job again because there are transportation, child care issues, housing issues. So that resonated with me. And I said, you know what? There's gotta be more that we could do. This has to be more. So that became real personal to me and trying to find a way to, if I was struggling with someone that was a Navy veteran, honorably served to find a job, then I could only imagine those who didn't have the same skills that I have, how much more they're struggling. So, I mean, Ellie, what was yours? Yeah, you know, my my reason for being at that event on, uh, you know, in 2019 was 
Um, although I'd been in hospitality my entire life, pr even prior to incarceration, um, I had just gotten uh, busy once I came out of prison. I was fortunate enough to be one of the few who had uh, something lined up for me uh, even prior to my release. Uh, but while I was in the halfway house, I saw so many people that weren't as fortunate as, as I was. I saw grown men crying because, as Ruben said, if you don't find a job, uh, I believe at that time it was within four weeks, you would be revoked. Uh, my time having been served over 20 years ago, I had, as I mentioned, just gotten back into hospitality, um, you know, working, uh, owning, operating, doing, doing many, many things in hospitality. But it also included being sensitive to the needs of, of folks coming out of incarceration. So I often hired myself uh, just as impacted individuals, uh, both personally, as well as when I was given an opportunity to work with a great restaurant group here in the city. Um, and, and it always showed in retention. It always showed in uh, you know, the, the outcomes in regards to customer satisfaction and increasing revenue and all of that stuff. So I knew, you know, that, that, that it was a great core of people to, to uh, work with. Um, but again, you know, I hadn't started thinking about my impact in this space and being in this space uh, until I met my second wife, who was a professor uh, at UW-Milwaukee, um, who had ironically mentioned to me that she had this great student that I had to meet one day. Uh, and lo and behold, it ended up being uh, Ruben. <laughs> and, uh, and so through that third party, I was introduced to Ruben, who was, uh, you know, someone my wife had intended me to, to meet. And so I, I knew immediately being at that event in 2019 was where I needed to be to make that shift uh, away from hospitality and into this space of, uh, you know, really this social impact space. Um, and it was validated when my ideas were, were in harmony with Ruben at the time. Uh, we had a friend, Craig, who, who was uh, part of this, but he got pulled away um, for um, something else that he was very passionate about. So Ruben and I stayed together. Uh, and really, you know, with the guidance and support of Generator and American Families uh, Corporate Institute for uh, uh, Corporate Responsibility and Social Impact, um, we've managed to come a long way in a very short period of time uh, supporting folks. But that was really um, how I ended up at that event. I knew when I saw that uh, advertised on LinkedIn, that was going to be the turning point. And uh, once Ruben and I met and we committed, I, I you know, sold a hospitality app that, that I had previously created and have been all in since, really, since the, uh, the winter of 2019. Um, and through our launch at the end of 2020 and to where we are today. Wow. You had said something. You said 20 years ago, you had, what, four weeks to find a job and then keep that job. I mean, is that still is that still the rule of thumb nowadays with individuals who are, are coming back into society? Is that they have four weeks to find a job or is that is that changed? Because it seems I understand the principle behind it of, you know, you come out of you're, you're transitioning back into to society. They obviously want, you know, individuals to be active members of society contributing in some way but four weeks is not a lot of time to especially if you've spent years inside that's not a lot of time to get your life in order 
and to be working at a job. And so I'm guessing that this app is a huge, you know, help to those individuals being able to, I guess, help in many different ways. What, tell me about how this helps those individuals. So, you know, to, to your point, and I think, Ruben, is it still four weeks? I know you came out more recent than I. Was that mm-hmm. still an expectation at four weeks? Well, with COVID, I don't know what changes that they, they've made. Right. But part of COVID, like I said, I knew I had 30 days to, to find a job, mm-hmm. any yeah. kind of job. And, and that forces an individual a lot of times to just go apply for a staffing agency and, you know, and start earning $7.50, $8.50, $10 an hour. But a lot of times not taking into consideration that out of whatever we're earning, 25% is going to the highway house. Right. So we, we got to pay. So so that $10 ultimately, and if you have to pay fees or child support, you're led with breadcrumbs to try to, to try to make it still. So, but yeah, 30, 30 days is uh, what the policy was. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, so to that point, what what our app does, you know, it, I mean, so many different things to kind of change that model. The, the, the first part of it is, you know, we do bring on board employers who are going to be paying a minimum of $15 an hour. So we consider that a living wage job. We, we don't want... Um, we don't feel that our services, these additional holistic wraparound services that we provide through the platform are of any value to somebody if at the end of the day, they're still not earning enough money to sustain themselves. So, so that's you know really kind of part one of what we offer is we, we offer a pool of employers that aren't just saying they will hire a second chance because it's, it's the, the right PR move to make these days because everyone's talking about you know hiring second chance and it's, it's such a wonderful social impact thing. We say, okay, not only are you willing to hire Justice Impacted, Tell us how many jobs you you have available for them because we're going to fill those roles. It's not if the perfect candidate, if the moon and the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally show us that that you're committed to this and we will bring you the right person. Right. Um, and, and so so that's really what it comes down to is how can we um, really craft craft a holistic reentry um, plan for somebody that then allows them to bring their best self to work mm-hmm. and really produce for the employer at a level, maybe even beyond those of the folks who aren't just as impacted that are working there. Right. And it, and it makes, you know, offering these other services, and, and, and I want to talk a little bit about some of these other services, allowing these individuals to be able to go to work and be productive while at work, not worrying about what's happening at home. And I've, you know, I've talked about this you know, with other individuals, I, I, I talk about this a lot, um, is that, you know, we can't always walk in and leave our baggage at the door. We can't. It's, we're humans. But this allows you to set, set up these individuals to be successful, as successful as possible, to be able to walk in the door and be ready to do the job without having to worry about whatever life is happening around them. And that's, that's so important. Not to mention that if somebody is working through this app, you would think that an employer that has come talk to you, you would think that an employer would go, wow, this is, this is amazing because not only are they coming to work for me, I know that they really are in it for the long haul because 
one, they're taking the effort to go through and work with somebody like you. And then they're utilizing whatever services you're also offering. So now tell me what some of those other services that you offer are. So one of the basic questions when we onboard someone is asking them how do they envision their way out to be? Like what is their actual my way out? You know, I believe that gives them that uh, feeling of taking ownership back of their life once again, mm -hmm. instead of always being told what to do. Now you're able to take ownership and say, well, this is what I want to do. So we'll ask what supportive services do you need, whether it, whether it be transportation, uh, assistance to obtain your driver license, uh, AODA counseling, entrepreneurship, housing, uh, shower care, pretty much anything that someone could struggle to re-enter to society that we might think or we might take for granted because we already have it, but they don't have it. So we try to provide, connect them with re-entry service providers that provide those supportive services so we could help them and assist them to further along their, their career and their pathway to re-entry into society. The second thing we offer is personal personal goals. So we ask them, you know, what, what personal goals do you want to shift within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? So we'll drop down tracks of their own choices of what they have chosen that they want to do, whether they want to start going to the gym. Uh, we had individuals that wanted to connect back to their family members that mm -hmm. after 17 years, I believe, or they've connected back to them. We had individuals that wanted to open their own uh, barbershop and they've opened their own barbershops. So, and with the employer, we actually work with the employer. Ellie has a conversation with the employers and on asking the employer, you know, what do you want to see this individual accomplish in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days while they're working with you? What tracks do, do you have for them? Is there training that he, he, they have to do and you want them completing it? So once all those tracks are taken in, a, uh, in consideration and dropped into the app, as they're completing each single one of their tracks, we, we provide incentives for them. We've been able to give out bucks, chickas, brewer chickas, uh, entrepreneurship scholarships to so that someone could learn how to run their businesses. So, you know, it's that satisfa satisfaction that they get, like, oh, wow. Right. We all love the, the, the carrot that's, you know, hanging at the end of the, the stick. We Everybody, I, I, at least I do. You know, my boss says, hey, if you do this, you get this. And I'm like, okay, I want to get that. I want to get that. And it's a cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh, I got the cup of coffee. I, everybody loves, you know, that tiny little reward or at least the feeling of being rewarded for something. My, I always joke. I get all these gifts from my parents. But then after we've opened our gifts, we play games for prizes. And these prizes are all like $1 little prizes. And I say, you know what's really funny? I get more excited about getting a prize worth like two bucks than the $40 pair of shoes or, or scarf that you bought me. And, and we laugh about it because it's a sense of, ooh, I won something. It really, it's just another, you know, gift or another little, that is the human in us. We want to feel like we have accomplished or won or done something great or amazing. And, and that's, that's, that's awesome. Now, do you, do these, these things that you give away, are these donated? Are these, how do you get these, these little incentives? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as Ruben mentioned, sometimes they're little incentives, sometimes they're, they're big incentives. But, you know, part of our model to, to that point is, you know, we're really supporting this person's unique journey that, that they themselves have crafted. And so basically what we're saying to them is, look, we value your opinion. You're the expert in your life. You're going to tell us 
uh, what you want to do and how you want to do it. And we're just going to hold you accountable to that. But, but I say that because they really understand that, that this is a team effort, right? And because of that, we treat this as a, an investment in all of us. And so, you know, the client success then becomes our success, then becomes the ability to bring more employers into the loop. And so, so we see this as an opportunity for us personally to invest in this individual. And so we take the, the part of the revenues that are driven by this direct hire model to pay for these things. So, so we're, we're investing our own money back into this cycle with this individual to, to make sure that they see, hey, guess what? We all have skin in the game here. We're all vested in you together. And, and that creates what we believe this, it, it brings to the surface what we believe already exists. You know, Ruben and I come from, from the streets, right? And there's this high level of loyalty and, and you know, dedication to folks who, who have helped us, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who have been part of our crew. And, and so, you know, we, we kind of continue to foster that like, hey, no, this is, you know, this is about you and us together doing this. And, and we believe that really contributes to a level of commitment um, that, that perhaps typical, uh, you know, uh, staffing models or otherwise don't have that opportunity. And, and again, you know, uh, Ruben can speak to, you know, how many folks will have, have said to him, hey, I want to talk to you. You're the guy with the lived experience, you know, what be prior to the way out and, and creating this platform uh, in those spaces. And, and we really value our lived experience. And so does the, the community that we're serving. Excellent. So it's 100%. You, you're you fund all of this. <laughs> well, well, I do want to clarify, you know, AmFam has been our greatest sponsor to get things off the ground, to, okay. to give us runway to do what we're doing. Uh, but but yes, we take we take revenue from the direct hire model and, and wrap that into uh, incentivizing our clients. Excellent. Wonderful. I mean, and that's that's amazing. You are the incentive for your own employees to, to do well. And that's... Yeah. You know that's the the best business model for for companies to to incentivize their own employees. It makes them feel special and makes them feel important. That's sure. that's awesome. So, what are some of the company sizes that you typically are going after? What are some of the types of positions that you typically are are looking to work with or fill? Yeah, our our sweet spot tends to be, you know, smaller to mid-sized businesses that don't have an entire, you know, HR and legal gauntlet to, to get through in order to, to create a relationship with them. So, you know, typically um, our best results have been, you know, local businesses that maybe have, you know, uh, four to 10, um, uh, you know, facilities with, within their organization, in hospitality, in retail, um, we have a, a major manufacturing partnership. We're working with with other organizations uh, with their their our biggest employer, and they've been really the kindest and most open and you know uh, organization as it relates to uh, CNC and robotics training and positions within their organization. Um, but but you know we we have we've learned through trial and error that this is our our sweet spot. Some of these these mid size or smaller. Uh, local organizations, because, you know, we, we try to keep this simple. We have a, you know, three page, four page with signature page contract that we work with organizations. And we've had 
major employers come back at us with a 30 page document, you know, in response to what we've proposed. And we're like, no, thank you. We can't afford to jump through all of these hoops to, to get you in. And at the end of the day, that speaks to us. These people aren't really in it for the person. They're in it just to fill the, the roles. And, you know, they got to have every I, you know, dotted and T crossed. And it, it, at the end of the day, isn't worth it. Now, as we're getting more and more success stories, as we're getting more and more people to, to um, see the, the validated um, program that we have, you know, we are looking at 2022, a pilot program here in Wisconsin, potentially uh, with Coke Industries and, and, you know, a few of their facilities and different, uh, a few of their different uh, facilities and businesses in Wisconsin and, and looking to see how that, that goes. Um, but, but really, um, you know, we, we find that the relationships, uh, you know, speaking directly with an owner or a partner, you know, within an organization really allows us to, to really have a really strong connection with that organization. Um, and that's been working best, but, but we'll see. We'll see what some of these larger um, organizations will bring to the table in 2022. Yeah. Now, if an organization wanted to reach out to you, they wanted to work with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, well, they could go to our website, which is twout.org. So twout.org. Uh, and they can drop us an email there and, you know, we'll, we'll respond directly to them. They can certainly, uh, you know, email Ruben and I directly through our LinkedIn uh, profiles. Um, otherwise, you know, the best way is definitely that twout.org, T-W-O-U-T.org. Um, and, uh, and, and then we can kind of take it from there. Uh, believe me, you know, we do our own vetting. We, we, we want to make sure that the employers are truly committed to second chance hiring and all of the, uh, you know, all of the considerations that, that, and, and knowledge one should have if they're going to go down that road. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's really the first step for us. Right. No, it, that and that's important. Yeah, you don't want an employer to just be using you as a government tax write-off. So now, if individual wanted to find you, they were interested in utilizing this app, how are they going to find you? Is it the same way? How are you reaching these individuals to let them know that you're here, that you're here to help them? Yeah, it's the same way. You know, an individual could go, a lot, often we reach individuals by word of mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. Someone has already told them that, that we've helped someone if they, or we've helped one of their friends. Often we are reaching out to, they're reaching out to us because of re-entry service providers, you know, that they're working with and they connect them with us. Uh, they might see us on Facebook, on LinkedIn. So often it's just, you know, it's as simple as going to our website, like Ellie said, and shooting us an email or often getting a Facebook message and, hey, you know, so it's, it's real simple to connect with us. Yeah. And yeah. and. I encourage any listeners to check out your website. Some great success stories on there. Definitely worth checking out if you're interested in learning more about The Way Out. It's it's You guys are, are great. You're amazing. Okay, I have one final question um, of the season that I'm asking everybody this season. If you could pinpoint a time period in your career or life that made a huge difference in your life or career path, when would that be and why? Ellie, why don't you go first? Ooh, wow. Um, as it relates to, you know, why we're here today, uh, speaking in, in, you know, regards to the way out, um, I would say it was 
really there, there are two moments, but the, the first moment being that first opportunity that I was given by this local restaurant group uh, upon, uh, you know, after having been convicted and done my time and, and decided to kind of go a, another route and just go work for an organization, I literally uh, applied for a dishwashing position. It was at the um, you know, after I'd first come out, I jumped into another venture with my then wife. It ended up in divorce. I was like in this like terrible headspace and just wanted to work in a restaurant and do dishes. That, that's all I wanted to do. And I went and I applied at this local restaurant group and uh, the director of operations at the time had looked at my resume and said, are you crazy? Like, there's no way I'm going to put you in the kitchen washing dishes. Like, I need you. I understand, you know, your past experience and all of that, that, you know, the, the, the history of incarceration, but you're a leader. You're, you're going to, you know, I, I need you to go into management with this organization. And then lo and behold, um, spent over a decade with this organization had to travel all over the world. I mean, it was just just a mind-blowing experience to have someone validate me at my lowest point. Um, and, and so, you know, that was really a, a big turning point uh, to be accepted into that space and be given uh, the opportunity to bring other people on board with this organization. And then the other piece that really tied all this together, as I mentioned, was, um, you know, when my wife started asking me to speak about my upbringing uh, and my subsequent incarceration uh, and, and all of that at her, uh, for her classes, that's what it really tied in, like, this is how I want to give back in this space. And so, um, those, those are really the, the turning points that have put me here before you and with Ruben um, as it relates to, to my turning points. You know, it's funny. Um, even sometimes when we don't know that we need help or we don't know, you know, that we want help, sometimes when we want to hide as a dishwasher and just want to go to work, um, it's usually then that the, the shining star or the mentor or the whomever comes out of the woodwork and kind of just lifts us up at that moment when you most need it and, and, and tells you exactly what you need to hear or does exactly what you need them to do to either set you straight or to put you, you know, point you in the right direction. You know, that's, that's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. It's, um, I'm always, you know, so excited to hear these, these stories because they're, they're always filled with such interesting turns and and twists of positive energy that that comes out of sometimes tragedy a divorce or but thank you Ruben why don't you why don't you uh you know I've often said you know my turning big turning point in life was in 2015 I had already been five years into my incarceration mm -hmm. and one day I was walking you know out in the yard or in we call it the wreck outside the yard and I had a friend of mine just put me to the side and he called me. He's like, hey, Ruben, let me talk to you. And I said, yeah. So we went and we started talking and, and he asked me one simple question. He was like, what do you have to show for? I was like, you were this big drug dealer, but what do you have to show for? Like how many businesses do you own? How many properties, houses? And my response was, I have nothing to show for. I've never ran a business. I never owned my business. I never even owned my own house. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, they, I don't have nothing. And on top of that, they took everything that I had, the cars that I had, they took it, they got confiscated. 
I was like, I was left with nothing. And and he he looked at me, he's like, I just don't understand. He's like, you're so smart. I was like, you're a veteran. Uh, you have college, uh, college behind you. He's like, I have a ninth grade education level. I dropped out of, uh, out of high school when I was going to 10th grade. I was like, but I run a million dollar manufacturing company. I was like, I was like, I don't understand how a guy's so smart and you're smarter than me, doesn't have nothing to show for. I see your friends, a lot of them, a lot of them are here because they re-enter illegally into this country. They're getting deported, but they have houses, they have restaurants, but yet you don't have nothing to show for. And that right there, I think later on that night was the first time I actually cried while I was in prison. I went and I was laying in my bunk and tears just started rolling out my eyes because it was like, why am I here? Like, I didn't get raised like this. And I asked myself, like, why don't, why, why? You know, and that's, and, and I just came to the conclusion that, you know, all my life I was told I couldn't do stuff because I grew up, I grew up with a single mom. She had, we had, uh, she had five kids. My older brother was mentally handicapped. Grew up in the in the ghetto, in the worst neighborhood in El Paso, Texas. Uh, we uh, barely often had food to eat, but there was always love. But so, but I was always told I couldn't do something. So I told myself that I would never again allow anyone to tell me that I couldn't do something. And that's when I wrote like my first quote that to remind me that I can does not exist. It is an excuse we tell ourselves to not reach our true potential. There's nothing, you know. It might take me longer to get somewhere because maybe I might not learn as quick. But I'll eventually get there if doing the right things. I will get there, and and that was the first major turning point of my life when I said, you know, I wrote down that quote and I said, you know what, I want to be a case manager when I get out. I want to show people that our mistakes do not define who we are, but what we do after them. I want to show them that you know, this this is not us. There's more to us, and we can still give more. And the second that led me to get involved more was in 2008. Well, uh. I'd been working with the state for about 11 months as an employment training specialist, assisting in the Wisconsin Reentry Pipeline Program. And I remember uh, I had a friend that was having a, uh, a panel discussion board of uh, reentry into the workforce. So she was like, you know what, Ruben, I would love for you to come and speak, you know, to justice involved individuals of what it is, how to reenter back into the workforce. You've been so successful, you've been out for three years, you have a state job already. And I remember asking my supervisor if I could uh, if I could do the panel discussion. I was like, hey, I want to know, you know, they asked me would I would be, be all right for me to go because I was a state employee, I had to request permission. And he was like, oh, Ruben, he's like, I don't think uh, Madison might approve of this, you know, because of the organization that's doing the panel discussion board is not a light uh, organization. So I was like, what does politics got to do with us helping people? And he was like, Ruben, but you know, as a state employee, really that's what it is. And I was, I was just like, so there's certain things that you can and can't do. And I was like, you know what? I looked at him and I said, well, then if that's the case, I was like, if I was like, if I can help people and that's what I want to do, I was like, and when I feel that my values are being compromised, here's my 45 day notice. And he looked at me and he's like, are you joking? I was like, no. I was like, I'm giving you a 45 day notice. I was like, and he was like, what are you going to do? I, I had just had a baby. He's like, Ruben, you just had a baby in insurance. Like, I was like, you know what? I'll figure it out. I was like, I'll open my own company. I was like, I'm going to take a leap of faith and get involved. And I was like, I don't want no restrictions. I don't want anyone to tell me that I cannot help justice involved individuals that I'm not able to provide them the tools so they could be successful. 
So he's like, well, if you want to make it official, send me an email. I was like, I'll send it to you right away. Went to my desk and send him my 45-day notice. So That's that's amazing. And you, you had two, you know, you know, those light bulb moments where you kind of, you, you sit back and you go, oh my gosh, you know, and, and I've, ha- I've had those in my life where I, I, you know, you sit back and you just, you, you, ha- it hits you like a ton of bricks, those realizations of what am I doing? You know, I can do better. I can be better. I can help people. And, you know, in my, in my, in my life, I, you know, I have an HR background. Um, I had, got my degree in HR because I wanted to help people. Corporate HR, I'm not ripping on them, um, but they're governed by laws. You, you can't necessarily go and become friends with all of the employees at the company. You may have to fire them one day, which is why I do what I do now, because I want the ability to help people. And Ruben, you, you definitely, you know, have those aha moments. And you did something that so many people are incapable or, or not capable of doing because of fear. And I applaud you for that. I, I'm not going to say I encourage it. Otherwise, we're going to have a whole bunch of people <laughs> running around. But you, you, you were the brave one. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit risk, you know, adverse. I grew up with, you know, very risk adverse, you know, family, but that, that's, that's awesome. It, it's absolutely amazing, you know, to be able to, on, a, on the drop of a hat, decide that I want to do better and do better and you have. So I thank applaud you. you. Yeah, I, I applaud you. I applaud you both. And I thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come here and talk with me and tell me about, about yourselves, about the way out. And I, I really appreciate it. So Thank you. We appreciate it too. Uh, yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Land. We really appreciate it. Yes, and you, um, you both have a wonderful day. And um, yeah, take care. Thank All you. right, thank you too. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.